This hour we're crossing over to our friends at the BBC to take a look at some of the events making headlines internationally. Tonight we're joined by Rob Hugh-Jones. Rob, how are you doing? Yes, very well, thanks, Emil. How are you? I am excellent, thank you. Um, Let's talk first of all about Gaza because there are reports, Rob, that an Israeli delegation has arrived in Paris for talks about a possible ceasefire. What do we know about this? Yes, so we knew yesterday that uh, an Israeli delegation had arrived in Paris uh, for talks about a a ceasefire in Gaza and uh, representatives of the US, Egypt and Qatar were also there to join them. And we know that those talks um, that were going on over the weekend actually were, quote, constructive um, and the negotiations will carry on this week. So that's quite an interesting development because uh, the Uh, The reports coming out of that are that uh, the U.S. negotiators reckon uh, to be cautiously optimistic that a deal is within reach. Um, The proposal is that Israel would suspend its fighting for about two months in exchange for the release of the remaining hostages still held by Hamas in Gaza. Uh, President Biden has apparently spoken by phone to the leaders of Egypt and Qatar, who are also there and acting as intermediaries with Hamas. Uh, in order to try and narrow the remaining differences. Um, but we should we should just say that significant hurdles remain and that actually Israel is saying that, quote, significant gaps remain. So there is no deal at the moment on this, but it's interesting that they are discussing this in the French capital uh, this coming week. And, of course, the other big news at the moment is these three U.S. troops Uh, who were killed, the first U.S. service personnel to be killed since the 7th of October Hamas attacks in southern Israel. And they were killed at their base, their logistics base on the Syria-Jordan border. Um, There was a drone attack uh, on the living quarters there, and that killed three U.S. uh, service personnel, but also injured quite a few others. In fact, there's talk of dozens of people being injured and some of whom are suspected to have uh, sustained uh, traumatic uh, head and brain injury. Um, Not surprising because the living quarters was where that drone strike actually hit. Um, So that's an ongoing story at the moment with the US blaming Iran-backed radical militia. Um, This is important because it really pits the US against Iran on this. Um, And Iran, of course, distancing itself as much as possible, saying we had nothing to do with this. Uh, But if you look at the front pages of today's papers here in Britain, Financial Times and Guardian, for example, well, they both raise the specter of a U.S.-Iran war at some point, and this kind of thing very much feeds into that. In fact, there have been some 150 attacks on U.S. personnel or U.S. bases in the Middle East since the uh, October 7th attack. So this is just the latest of them, but it looks like it's the worst. Mm, my word. Um, and Rob, speaking of war, gee whiz, what a cheery uh, cross we've got with you today. Um, let's go to Ukraine um, and lots of different angles this coming week, including high-level meetings. What should we be keeping an eye on there? Yes, sorry about the uh, troubling no, 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 your fault. Of, the, of the content. No, that's right. I uh, wish we could be focusing on something else. But no, there are multiple different angles on Ukraine this week. It's really going to be a big week for Ukraine. 
Um, just here in here in Europe, uh, European Union ministers who are responsible for defence are meeting tomorrow in Brussels. Uh, EU foreign ministers are meeting in Brussels on Wednesday, and there's an EU summit, which means there's a, a convening of the 27 leaders of the EU countries, and that's on Thursday. And you can bet that Ukraine is right up there at the top or close to the top of their agendas. Uh, right now, we have NATO, the military alliance, uh, NATO. Uh, involved in uh, operations uh, in Europe. And there are some 90,000 troops involved in that, 90,000. That makes it the largest NATO military exercise since the Cold War. Mm. And remember, that Cold War ended, what, 30-plus 30 30 years ago. So this is quite uh, significant. Um, so we've got all these meetings going on. There is there is concern in Europe, of course, for what happens in the U.S. in November. And if Donald Trump gets in as president once again, he has said, uh, or he has, uh, he he reckons that he can bring the war in Ukraine to an end mm. in one day. He ah. said. Now, what does now what does that mean? It probably means uh, the U.S. withdrawing its aid to. Kiev. And that, of course, would tilt the balance very much in favor of the Kremlin. And Europe does not want to see that happen. So Europe right now holding all of these meetings to try and um, to figure out, you know, what its stance going to be, and particularly uh, if things change radically in America. So we're keeping a sharp eye out on all those meetings coming up uh, this week. I should just say there's um, there's an EU aid package. It's worth $350 billion dollars and it's being held up by one country hungary which is one member of the eu 27 um, all of them have to agree before things happen and that hung hungary's been holding out uh, so the eu is trying to push that through and to to give hungary various concessions hungary's quite close to the kremlin um, in order for Hungary to sign on the dotted line and to get that pushed through so you can see lots of these sorts of things going on around ukraine this week mm. and finally rob something a bit different um Facebook uh, celebrating its 20th birthday this week. My goodness. Yes. Uh, so to to yeah, to go from kind of war and diplomacy to something completely different. Well, um, yeah, it's true. It's it's true that uh, back in February the fourth, two thousand and four, um, Mark Zuckerberg in that dorm room in Harvard launched something called the Facebook uh, with uh, with other um, friends around him and. Uh, a year later, August 2005, they changed the name to simply Facebook. And that's what we know it as now, of course. Um, Facebook reckons that now they have 3 billion, 3 billion monthly active users. Um, so over that 20 years, it's gone from something that happened in a dorm room in Harvard. Uh, anyone who knows that Boston area knows that Cambridge, Massachusetts is just a bit further down the Charles River. And there's Harvard, MIT, Boston College, very, you know, big educational establishments. Well, Mark Zuckerberg was in his dorm room in Harvard, uh, kind of coming up with all of this. Um, but yeah, that was 20 years ago. And look how it's grown since. I should just say, of course, there are controversies that have dogged Facebook ever mm -hmm. since. I'm thinking of the Cambridge Analytica scandal, for example, when in the 2010s, the personal data of millions 
millions of Facebook users around the world was collected without their consent by the uh, British consulting firm Cambridge Analytica, predominantly to be used for political advertising. And even this week, the, the uh, Senate Judicial Committee in the US uh, is holding a hearing into online child sexual exploitation. And guess what? The testimony is coming from Meta, the owners mm -hmm. of Facebook, along with other social media companies. So it's just a reminder that uh, Facebook's done phenomenally well, of course, over those years, but it's also been dogged by controversy um, along the way. Isn't that just wild, Rob? Like, I I'm thinking back to when I first got Facebook. And sorry, we've only got about a minute and a half left, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm reminisce now. I was on the back of the bus with 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 my friend Rosie, Rosie Morrison, and everybody at that stage. I was sixth form at high school, and um, everybody at my no, I would have been fifth form, and everybody at my high school at that time used Bebo. And Rosie Morrison said to me. Have you heard about this Facebook thing? And I was like, Oh no, I don't. And so I went back home and created a Facebook Facebook page, and and here we are. Here we are now. Isn't it? It's just crazy to think about, isn't it? It is crazy. Um, it's funny actually. I, I had a chat with my fifteen-year-old boy uh, yesterday, and I said, "So, what do you think? Facebook's twenty years old." And he said, "Facebook—that's the kind of thing Auntie Julia uses, <laughs> right?" He says, "None of my friends, none of my friends are on Facebook." And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And by the way, Auntie Julia is uh, well into her 60s. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah, I've got to say, it is the number one um, method that I use to communicate with my grandparents now. Um, bless them. Great stuff. Rob Hugh-Jones, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Thanks so much. That's Rob Hugh-Jones from the BBC.